Welcome to the Southwest Apostolic Church podcast. Southwest Apostolic Church is located at 3161 South Rowena Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46241. Phone number 317-227-0182. Give us a call if we can help you. Our services are Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Sunday evening, 7 o'clock. Tuesday evening, we have prayer meeting at 7.30. And Wednesday evening, we have Bible class at 7.30. Our webpage, www.southwest-apostolic.com. You can find us on the web there. And you're welcome to any of the services. Uh, Our podcast will contain preaching from the pastor and other preachers. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. God bless. Many times you feel bad, so every time you can feel good, you need to appreciate it. Amen. We need to appreciate feeling good. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about the book of Exodus today, and or this week was the new lessons. And uh, let me say, we get you those books. Take them home, read your lesson, study your lesson during the week. And learn about it. That's not just a... We really didn't give them to you before you leave them on the pew. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't quit preaching and going to meddling. But you know, it's to, for your benefit. You can study. How many knows? You need to study. Your preacher has to read the Bible, but you need to read the Bible too. You need to learn about it too. You need to keep an eye on the preacher. Make sure he's telling you the truth. Amen. Too many people have been led astray because they're not digging for themselves. Because they're not searching for themselves. They're being lazy. They're being lazy spiritually. We don't want to be lazy spiritually. Amen. We want to be, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, Diligent. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. Thank you. (laughs) Let's look in our Bible this morning. Let's go to... uh, Let's start Exodus 15, 1 and 2. That's our, that's our focus verses this morning. So let's go there to start with. Appreciate everybody being here this morning. Uh, I say that over and over, but I really do. Because when you, you know, you want God to help people, and you know God can help them when they come to church. Amen? Yeah, so when everybody comes to church, you say, man, I'm glad they're here. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad you're here this morning. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're here, praise God, because God wants to help us, and he, praise the Lord, and the way he helps us is through his church. Amen. Do you, you know, do you people realize all the help that's being done in this world by quote-unquote Christian organizations? Science was, modern science was born out of Christianity? It was. It was. Because these scientists like uh, Isaac Newton and uh, go way back some of the other names I can't remember right now, they were men that believed in God. And they believed that God created the universe. And if God created the universe to have order, and they believed you could study that order and learn. And that's where it came from. It came out of belief that if God created it, he created it orderly. And if he created it with rules that you could study and find out what those rules were. That's a lot better than just saying it all came together all by itself. Amen. <laughs> and other religions, see, that uh, they don't, uh, your uh, 
people that believe that you know man is God and the whole universe is just God, pantheist or whatever they call them. They just, you know, that's kind of a lazy way of thinking. Well, we're just here. And if there is God, we're all part of God and we can't really have any answers and that's just the way it is. I'm glad to know the truth this morning. Because the truth will make you free. It's truth that makes you free. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's look at Exodus 15, 1 and 2. It says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the word. Amen. Exodus, the first chapter, says, There arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto the people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are mightier than we are. Let's deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass, that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And, uh, and so get them up out of the land. And they set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built Pharaoh's treasure cities. And uh, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. That word rigor means harshness, severity, cruelty. And how many knows that's what the devil... See, we get a little picture here. Israel didn't really pick a fight with Egypt. Egypt kind of looked around and there was a conflict. How many knows there's always a conflict between God's people and the world? Amen. You don't even have to look for it. It's just there. Amen. It's just there. There's a conflict. And we're all involved in this conflict. Ever since Adam ate that fruit, he shouldn't have ate. Amen. <laughs> when Adam and Eve, ate, when Eve ate that fruit and then Adam ate it, they, entered, they opened up mankind into a conflict. There's a spiritual conflict between good and evil. And uh, when they ate that fruit, they didn't realize what they were doing. How many knows when people sin and do things in life, <clears throat> sometimes they have no idea what they're getting into. Amen. And sometimes a little thing turns into big things. And we can see that in our world, in our life sometimes. When you're a child, you might sneak sneak your mom's cigarettes and go to the park. We did. We, I can remember my mom smoked Winston somehow. I remember that. And, you know, I, I never stole my dad's cigarettes. He smoked Camel non-filters. I didn't want nothing to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> them things hurt you, man. <laughs> Make you dizzy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but we, <laughs> I might have stole one of his too. I don't remember. But. You do that, but you don't realize that by doing that, and some people have more trouble than others, but it's in our makeup sometimes, sometimes that we can become addicted. Isn't that right? And become 
you know, when you, what you do is for fun or to be mischievous when your child turns into be, turns into be slavery. It turns into bondage, okay? And it happens all the time. People become addicted to gambling. They're addicted to cigarettes. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to alcohol. And they want to be free, but they can't. And it's all because there's a battle going on between good and evil. And our flesh is on the side of evil. We might not want to realize that, but it is. Because when you want to do good, your flesh says you ain't going to do good. Isn't that right? When you, when you want to do good, your flesh says you're not going to do good. Amen. You might even have it in yourself to do good, but this old flesh, I'm going to tell you what, it's awful powerful. Yeah. It's awful strong. The influence of the world and the influence of Satan and the influence of our flesh. Now, a lot of times, the biggest thing we've got to deal with is our flesh. We've got to deal with the devil, too. But our flesh is really our biggest enemy, almost. You know? You can resist the devil, the Bible says, and he'll flee from you, okay? But it's hard to resist the old flesh. Be sitting in the chair, oh, man, that ice cream sounds good. I just had a bowl, but, boy, that other ice cream sounds good. Ooh, hallelujah. Or you eat that ice cream, then you say, eat that ice cream, you think, man, them potato chips sound good after that. Then you eat some potato chips, you think, man, a little bit more ice cream on top of that sounds good. Yeah. All the while, you're putting on pounds. It's not good for you. Okay? And we have to regulate ourselves. Come on. We're, you know, we're children of God. As a saint of God, I've been delivered from cigarettes, thank God. I don't worry about smoking. But I do need to watch the ice cream. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Because our flesh is... In our flesh, the Bible says there's no good thing. Amen. There's no good thing in our flesh. And we have to watch it, you know. We have to be careful. We don't want it to overtake us. And be, we don't want to be, I don't want to be in bondage anymore. I've been there. I don't want to have nothing to do with it no more. Amen. So Israel, that's, they were in the middle of this. And, and, you know, these children growing up, they didn't realize. They didn't realize the politics of it. They didn't realize you know, you're a little Israeli child playing over there in Egypt. You're not thinking about war. You're not thinking about armies. You're not thinking about conflict between one nation and another. You just want to ride your bike and jump over the hill. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody remember those good old days? <laughs> when you're about 11, 10 or 11, just ride your bike and just pedal. I mean, you could pedal that thing all day long. I mean, you could just pedal that bike and jump and go eat, stop, go home when you get your Twinkie or something and take off again. I've had a bicycle or two last few years. We don't get along good at all. Get on that bicycle and I get up, or we're on the end of the cul-de-sac and it goes up just a little. I mean, just very little, not a big hill at all, just barely, just... I get up to the next street, ah, and then you it's just so uncomfortable. It ain't nothing like when you're 11 years old. But when you're young, you don't realize all the battles. You don't realize all the conflicts in life. and You don't realize all the things you have to deal with. So the children of Israel, they didn't realize it, okay? All they knew is they was turning on them. All they knew was 
Israel started being hard on them. And that's the way it is in the world. People just realize, next thing you know, life just starts being hard on you. You grow up, you're not thinking about doing bad. You're not thinking about, you know, you might sneak around when you're young. And if you're not saved, not raised in a good church family, and you smoke, steal your mom's cigarettes or, you know, nip a little bit in dad's bottle or something. And next thing you know, you're entered in, there's something going on you didn't even realize was going on. People don't realize, and that's the way the whole world is. And, and the worst thing to do is turn your back on God. Amen. Because the world's turned their back on God, and they're right in the middle of this conflict, and they don't realize it. And this, the devil's killing them. Amen. The devil's killing our people and the world and our children. Come on, somebody. The devil, the world, and flesh, it's just destroying people. Amen. It's destroying people. When you get a chance... This just came to me. I hadn't thought about it. But if you get a chance, look up a new cartoon coming out made by Disney, ladies and gentlemen, on Disney+. Plus. And what's the name of it? Do you remember? Or the Demon or something. Demon, the Demon. And uh, do you want to know what the story is? The lady, now I'm not making this up. The lady got pregnant by the devil, and her daughter's the Antichrist. That is the story on the cartoon. And the little girl is what? About 10 or 12, you know, and she's got all these superpowers. The, the world has no idea what's, what they're dabbling with. Now, when, see, the devil, here's what he does. He shows himself. He doesn't realize... And see, used to, things were in the closet. Yeah. You know, if you were uh, if you were a devil worshiper, you know, they'd run you out of town. Amen. You know, we're not, having, we're not dealing with that. But now the old devil, he's just right out and open. Yeah. He just comes out. He don't have to, he don't have to kind of code it up or, or, uh, or hide it. He just comes right out in the open. Your daddy's the devil. And you're you're the Antichrist. Now that's the truth. Look it up. I'm not lying about it. I was just reading about it the other day, and I and they had a little trailer for it, you know, on the internet like they do, and and I just couldn't believe it. But it that's the way it is, Rachel. That's where we are. We are in a you are in a battle for your soul. Praise the Lord. And this world is bound up by the devil and bound up by evil, and they don't even know it. But I'm glad to be in a place that proclaims liberty this morning. Praise the Lord. I said we are proclaiming liberty in the name of Jesus. Liberty from sin. Liberty from evil. Liberty from those things. Now, we're not free from sickness necessarily, and we're not free from problems and sorrow, but I am free from the power of the devil. Amen. Amen. I am free. The Bible says sin will no more have dominion over you. And I don't have to sin, and I don't have to follow the devil. But I'll tell you what, people in the world, they don't know nothing about it, and they are following the devil. Marching right over the edge of the cliff. And don't even realize it. I said, don't even realize it. And that's why I appreciate what I heard at the Mark conference the other night. On I think it was Friday night. And they said that uh, there was some uh, 
I'm trying to remember what it was. I, it might have been communism or something. They were trying, you know, back when it was expanding back in the early days, early parts of the century, and that was coming, you know, Europe was being overcome with communism and, and those type of thinking. And I read somewhere, and I heard, I think I heard the preacher say something about it the other night, that the reason, you know why the liberalism is only on the edges of the country? How many knows California's blue, East Coast is blue, and that liberalism and that mindset, you know why they couldn't get no further, they said? The pulpits of America kept it out, praise Amen. the Lord. Certain influences couldn't couldn't permeate. Now they're working. That's how many knows that spirit's getting strong in the world today, and the devil's still working. Praise the Lord! But it's not time for the pulpits to be quiet. It's time for the pulpits to stand up and preach for righteousness and stand up for the right thing. Praise the Lord! Amen. Because people's liberties involved. Now, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking spiritually now. Your liberties involved. Your spiritual freedom is involved. Amen. Your family's involved. Amen. Yes, I said your family's involved. Amen. Your children are involved. Amen. I said your children are involved. Amen. Amen. And God's got a place where truth and liberty are proclaimed. Amen. And it's the church of the living God. Amen. I'm glad, Amen. I'm glad to be in the church this morning. Amen. I'm glad to be in the church. Amen. I'm glad to be in a place... That tells me i got to turn from sin. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be in a place that said I need to get my sins washed away and get them under the blood and get full of the Holy Ghost and be ready to meet God and be empowered to live right and do right and be happy, healthy, praise the Lord, and live for God and enjoy life. Praise the Lord. And I can make it. Praise God. I can make it. I can be free. Praise God. I'm not bound up by anybody. Except my wife. I am bound to her. Praise the Lord. That's because I chose to, though. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, got an amen on that one. Praise the Lord. Help me, Lord. Amen. <laughs> so Israel is bound up by the Pharaoh. And the Bible says they made him serve with rigor. And uh, the uh, harshness. How many knows the devil's harsh? The devil's severe and the devil's cruel. This world's cruel. What sin is cruel, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ever forget Egypt and sin is cruel. Don't ever forget it. Don't, don't play around with it. The older I get and the more spiritual I get, hopefully, the more I don't want nothing to do with evil in any way, shape, or form. I don't even like hearing anybody cuss anymore. If somebody's cussing, I really don't have much time for it. I don't really. Are you with me? Amen. I don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I want to be right with God, and I want to be. But here's what. I'm glad I'm free, and I want to stay free. Praise Amen. the Lord. I'm glad he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock to stay. And I want to stay there. Amen. Amen. I want you to stay there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's why the preacher preaches because he wants you to stay free. Amen. So 
So what happens is they were made to serve with rigor. But God said, there's a time, it's time to come out. Now, he'd already talked about, he'd already told Abraham, he said, the people are going to go down into Egypt, and they're going to be there. He'd already showed Abraham a vision and told him what was going to happen. Aren't you glad God knows what's going to happen? I'm glad he's in charge. It might look like the devil's in charge, but when it's all said and done, God's still in charge. I said, God's in charge. And here's why. You see, the Lord... When you're dealing with God, you're dealing with somebody that's pretty smart. You say, well, why is there evil? And why is it like it is? Because God let it be that way. And it is the way it is for a reason. Things are the way they are for a reason. I'm not not buying into this thought that we're just randomly here. We're just stardust floating through the air. I'm not buying into that. I'm buying into the fact that God does things for a reason. And God knows what he's doing. And God allows things to be, like just an example, uh, if, you want, if you want a wife, you'd like to have somebody love you, right? You don't think he don't want somebody to love him? And you don't think he's not letting the process play out to find out who loves him and who don't? Amen. He's doing just exactly what anybody else would do. And he takes his time. God doesn't get in a hurry. He's not in any hurry. His plan is unfolding just like he wants it to. But when it's all said and done, it's all going to be just the way God wants it to be. When it's all said and done. Amen. That's the way it is. So we don't understand everything. You know, it's just like the little kids in Israel and Egypt or those young adults. They didn't understand why they, why are they being so, why are they whipping me on the back? And, and why is it like it is? I don't understand it. Well, I think one thing God wanted people, uh, wanted Israelites to realize, you know, although they've been in Egypt 400 years, he really might not have really wanted them to stay there that long. God, sometimes people have to Sometimes severity falls on them because they need to realize you need God. You need God. And you need to think about God. So Israel, they start crying out to God. Aren't you glad you cried out to God one day? How many knows we need to cry out to God? That's the best solution you got to any of your problems. You cry out to the Lord. Amen. Cry out to God. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. I got to have you to help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And the Lord heard their cry, the Bible says. The Lord heard their cry, and he called a man named Moses. And we know the story. In the seventh chapter of the book of Exodus, the Bible says, let's see what verse, yeah, the first verse. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, he said, I made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother will be thy prophet. In other words, I'm going to talk to you, and you tell Aaron, and Aaron, you know, Moses, when he called him, said, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. I can't talk very well. And the Lord kind of allowed him to have his brother Aaron go with him so that Aaron could do the talking. But the Lord was talking to Moses, and Moses was relaying it to his brother, which related it to, you know, it's still that way. I'm glad there's preachers out there that seek God and God talks to them. And God gives them messages to preach to keep me straight. Praise the Lord. Thank God for a prophet. (laughs) Thank God that God's still working. 
Amen. God's still working. Praise the Lord. So anyway, so, and thou shalt speak all that I command you, and your brother will speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies of, and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land and out of Egypt by great judgments. And Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord which I, when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Let me tell you something. God always makes a difference between his people and the world. They might have been there for a little while, but it's time to come out. God said, it's time for Israel to come out of Egypt. And God's still calling people out of Egypt. God's, you, know, you can't serve God and stay in Egypt. You've got to come out. Amen. Everywhere in the Bible, there's, there's a separation of God's people and those that are called by God. He always calls them to a place and says, you've got to leave that behind. When, you get, when God calls you and, and puts you in the church, there's some things you've got to leave behind. You gotta leave sin behind. You gotta leave the world behind. You know, Abraham, he said, "You get out of your country and get leave, and leave your family." You know, it's sad, but if you live for God, sometimes you'll lose contact with some of your family, and it won't be your fault. It won't be your fault. Matter of fact, you don't want it to be that way. But when you live for God, there is a separation. There, there is a separation, and it has to be that way. And matter of fact, it's so real. You don't, you say, well, I get saved. I have to give up all my old friends. No, you don't have to give them up. They'll give you up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They'll drop you like a hot potato. You've not got a refrigerator full of Budweiser no more. They won't be over there to see you no more. Praise the Lord. <laughs> You're not holding the pot. They won't be over. No, I don't do that no more. The Lord got a hold of me, and I'm not doing that anymore. Okay. Wow, okay, good for you. I'm glad. We're going to go somewhere else, praise the Lord. We're going to go find some Budweiser somewhere else. Because there, there is a separation between God's people and the people of the world. You don't really have to force it. You just have to. When you live for God, you're automatically separated. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You don't have to go sit up on the hill. God didn't call us to go sit up on the hill in our white robes and wait on the Lord to come back. <laughs> you know, get an end of the, the end is near, Brother White. Get our white robes. Get our sign. It says the end is near. The end is near. We all go sit up on top of the hill and say the end is near. That's not what he wants us to do. He said occupy till I come. And he wants us to live our life. And he wants us to serve him. And he wants us to be separate from the world that we might be a light for the world. Amen. Amen. We might be a city that's set on a hill. Praise the Lord, he said. But God's people, so you go to work, but you're still different than everybody else. You should be different than everybody else. You know, when everybody else slipping off to smoke a doobie in the bathroom, you shouldn't be in there with them. Come on, somebody. You know. Oh, how come I got so quiet on that? Praise the Lord. (laughs) 
But that's just the way it is, you see. And everybody's telling dirty jokes. You shouldn't be hanging around laughing, cutting up with that. You know, you should be kind of just at least walking away or, you know, or just somehow distancing yourself. And you will if you're living for God. You won't make a scene. You're not, you're going to hell. You're telling those kind of, and I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about turning away when somebody starts talking a certain way. You just kind of walk away. I've been, I, you know, I worked this place 35 years, and I remember one time there was a young lady, and, and some, I can't remember who was all standing there. I think it was just him, too. And the guy said something. I just couldn't believe he said it. I just turned around and walked away. I just couldn't believe it. People say stuff they shouldn't say. You know that? Amen. And when they talk, tell dirty jokes and things like that, we shouldn't really absorb that and be a part of that. We should walk away from it, praise God. Now, I like telling a good, clean joke. I like hearing good, clean jokes. I like, I like to laugh, don't you? But I'm going to tell you what, sin's not funny. I said sin's not funny. You know, the old Bob and Tom, they tell their little lesbian jokes and all that. <laughs> you know, they cackle. <laughs> the old Bob and Tom, are they still around or not? I don't know. But they used to be. I used to hear it at work. And I thought to myself, well, I'd be working, and one of the other guys had them on the radio. And I'd be listening to them. And they'd be telling, you know, their little... Uh, in the little sexual innuendos and their little jokes and they're laughing and talking about sin. Come on, somebody. Right. Laughing about sin. That's what they're doing. You see, sin put Jesus on the cross. And sin ain't funny. Okay? But they laugh about it and they mock and they make fun. Okay? Well, I just thought about that. I thought, well, all God's got to do when they stand in judgment and they're standing before God, all he's got to do is reach over and turn the radio on. And let him hear what they were talking about. And I'll tell you what, their head's going to drop one of these days. Amen. It won't be funny then, that's right. Sin ain't, so Egypt's not funny. Sin's not funny. Being, being bound up's not funny. You talk to somebody that really wants to be free and don't know how to get free, it's being, that's severe. And it's harsh, praise the Lord. And people want to be free, Amen. But I'm glad the answer is still the same as it was in the Old Testament. The answer is found in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise the Lord. Amen. His name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. I said his name is Jesus. Amen. And he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he came to set at liberty them that are bruised and set the captives free. Aren't you glad he's still setting captives free today? Praise the Lord. What time is it? i got to hurry up. Praise God. So, the story is, you know, that the, the, uh, the, uh, the Lord is more powerful than the things holding us in bondage. Okay? God is more powerful than your addiction or whatever holds you in bondage. That's the whole beauty of it all. God is more powerful than that. So, <laughs> that's why the gospel is so powerful, because it delivers people. It can happen, uh, I remember I was doing a little prison ministry back in the day, and I was, went to the prison, and the man that was in charge had been baptized in Jesus' name, had got the Holy Ghost. So that's how we got in there. And uh, so we would go, and he told me, he said, before I got baptized, he had a problem. He told me what it was. It was a fleshly thing and he told me what his problem was and he was raised uh, 
uh, well, it don't matter. Uh, Jehovah Witness or I can't remember. But, so, but anyway, he had this problem. And he told me this himself. He said, when I got baptized in Jesus' name, when I went down in the water, and when I got baptized and came up out of that water, that I never had that problem again. Amen. I never dealt with that. I never had that problem again. Amen. That's why the death and the burial is so important. Sometimes people have a problem with sin because they're not dead to sin. That's the problem. If you die out to sin, you say, I'm tired of it, and I really want to be free from it. And when somebody, you see, if somebody dies, the power of sin doesn't have any power over them anymore. Amen. I've said it before. There's not anywhere in the, in the graveyard somebody's dead smoking a doobie. No. They're, not, they're not drinking any alcohol. They're not lying to anybody. They're dead. Okay, they're gone. It's the, the power of sin... The power of sin in the world is not working on them anymore. They're dead to it. So we die out to it. So when, <laughs> the idea is when somebody really means business with God and they die out to their sin, they say, I'm tired of sin and I want, I'm, I'm ready to live for God. Then you bury them in baptism. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And they're dead and the power of sin is broken. Praise God. Their sins are forgiven. But not only are they forgiven and paid for by the blood of Jesus, the power of sin is broken. Pharaoh comes off the throne. Praise God. Pharaoh's not in charge anymore. The devil and your flesh is not in charge anymore. Amen. You rise to walk. You get full of the Holy Ghost. And you rise to walk in the newness of life. Amen. And you walk and live in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And you're free. Hallelujah. You're not bound up anymore. You're free to be what you want to be. That's why it really works. That's, how, that's why you need the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's why just telling somebody to shake the preacher's hand, sign a card, and you're a member of God's church, cuts them short, sells them short. Because that's not doing what God wants to do. There's got to be a death involved. got to be a burial involved. And there's got to be a resurrection involved. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for baptism. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for the gospel. Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. Amen. I'm telling you, this thing works. This thing works. This thing works. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Woo. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. I'm telling you, anybody know that? How many got the Holy Ghost? How many knows this thing works, man? It really does. It really does. It really does. So Israel, Israel was in Egypt. And God did what needed to be done to get them free. And they had to defeat. I was reading. <laughs> He's feeling good, ain't he? <laughs> 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> he made it all the way around. Hallelujah. It's all right. God delivered Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders no one could deny. And when God delivers you, nobody can deny it. Amen. When God changes your life, they can't deny it. They might not understand it. They might not even agree with it. But they, one thing they can't do is deny it. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. That man that was blind, that man that was blind and Jesus healed him. And they said, he, you know, and they wanted to know how, how, who healed you. And he said, I don't know who he was. He said, all I know, I was blind, but now I see. Praise the Lord. They might have argued with him. They might, they might have went to his parents and talked to his parents, but nobody denied the fact that that, used, that guy used to be blind, but he's not blind anymore. Now he can see. Nobody denied that. And when you really get saved and you start living for God, they might not like it. They might not agree with it. They might argue with you, but they can't deny what God has done in your life. Amen. Amen. They cannot deny who you are now as opposed to what you used to be. Amen. And that's the beauty of it. Praise the Lord. God changes lives and he changes circumstances and he changes destinies. Amen. He changes your destiny. That's what, you see, that's what the church has to offer, a changed destiny. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to live a certain sinful life and be bound up and live a life and have all the problems that go along with it. You can be delivered. You can be on your way to heaven and you can live a good life and people might not like you, but they will not deny what God has done for you. Amen. They cannot deny what God will do in your life. Praise the Lord. That's the whole idea. If you live for God and you really live for God, they can't deny it. Because they'll see the difference. They might deny it. They might try to deny it, but they can't. So the, the plagues exposed Israel's false gods. Okay. Every plague, I was reading in uh, this article, and each plague had to do with one of Israel's, uh, Egypt's gods. How many knows there's only one God? Amen. By definition, there can only be one God. Through the ten plagues, God demonstrated how weak and false these Egyptians' gods were. For every plague, the Egyptians had a corresponding deity that failed to perform when the Egyptians needed it most. When God sent swarms of flies as the fourth plague, he established the inadequacy of Kepri, the Egyptian god of creation who had a head of an insect. I don't want my God to look like no praying mantis. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I don't want no God's got a grasshopper head. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Speedway the other day. Are we? Well, Max Fact, Sister Young show was one out in the driveway the other day. Praying mantis. I hadn't seen one of them forever. But 
I don't want no God that looks like no praying mantis. Amen. I'd rather have one look like humanity, wouldn't you? So, when God sent hail as the seventh plague, he proved that Nut, the Egyptian goddess of the sky, was unable to protect them. When God sent the ninth plague, darkness, he demonstrated the falsehood of Ra, the Egyptian god of the sun, one of the oldest and most important Egyptian deities. You see, in modern times, few people serve literal idols of wood and stone. Few people do. However, many still worship at the altars of money, career, fame, and other worldly standards of success. God has no problem proving any of these gods as weak and insufficient. I'm telling you, money's insufficient. I said money's insufficient. Career's insufficient. And fame is insufficient. Many famous people die unhappy. You know, I told you before I read, I remember years ago, it hadn't, Elvis hadn't been dead very long, and there was a picture at Time Magazine, and it had a picture of Fat Elvis. And it said, and it said he had passed away, and it said, bloated and bewildered. And the world will leave you, they'll take air. The world used Elvis Presley, ground him up like powder, and left him to die. That's what happened. And that's what happens. The world will use you up and spit you out. And you might give all you've got to a career, and they'll, next thing you know, where you put all put 30 years in, you know, you might be 50 years old, you put 30 years into company, thinking you're going to have a good life, a good retirement, and they say your position is no longer needed. Amen. And you're done. And then you're older, you got to start all over again. Career is insufficient. Don't ever put career ahead of God. Amen. Don't put fame ahead of God. Don't put money ahead of God. I said don't put money ahead. Of, don't take a job for 10 cents or 50 cents more on the hour where you have to miss church. Amen. Now, if you got one, you, can, you know, the situation is the way it is. But you don't have to choose one. You could pick, say, no, I think I'm going to go to church. Brother Matthews had a job at the post office. And he had a job, and he was missing church. And he walked away because he wanted to be in church. Now, that was Brother Matthews, okay. And he, you know, you can make the right choices in life. Yes, right. Okay. Don't put money ahead of God. Don't put career ahead of God. Don't put anything, you know, fame ahead of God. Because these gods are weak and insufficient. If we will allow him, God will demonstrate himself as the only God worth serving. He's the only God worth serving. Amen. Amen. Because, because, because. Because. It's for your betterment. I cannot overemphasize it's for your betterment. Uh, I went to Mark Conference, was in church Thursday night. I went Friday, went to two, went to two different, see, there was two classes and a preaching in the morning and then preaching at night. So I'm filled up, okay? But, 
But Brother Bobby Kilman taught a lesson on talking about holiness, preaching holiness in the twenty in twenty twenty two, and and that's what his whole his whole premise was. In today's world, it's easy to prove that living for God is better for you than what the world has to offer. You live for God, you teach your children their girls and their boys. Amen. You live for the world and you send them out in the world and they want to mutilate them and change their gender because of the devil. He, he's against God. He's against the things of God. He's against the identity that God, he's, a, he's attacking the very identity of humanity. In the beginning, God made man and God made male and female. It goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. If man follows that, they're going to be happy and prosper. You look at the statistics in today's world of the youth suicide and the youth depression. and the youth. No wonder everybody's so messed up because the world is the world and is following the, the, the dictates of devil and things that are against God. But when you follow the things of God, you're on your way out. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're on your way toward happiness. You're on your way toward healthiness. Hallelujah. You're on your way toward deliverance. Amen. Amen. You are in, you're on your way to a sound mind. And Brother Gilman taught, and he used some examples. I can't remember them right now, do you? How that, uh, it's easy now to talk about the church has always stood for distinction in dress between men and women, has it not? Yes, yes. it is. Right. Yes. Now you just look at a young person. You're trying to teach them. Now is that is that idea is that theology on the front line? Is that on the battle line? Anybody with any brain have to say, "Yep, that's front line stuff." Church has always stood against television and those type of things. Why? Because now we're not living for "I love Lucy" no more. We're talking about demon now. We're talking about your your mama's had sex with the devil and you're the Antichrist playing on television. They say, well, it's an adult cartoon. Kids are going to see it. Let's be honest about it. So so the idea is it's, it's easy to preach like we need to preach now because the benefit of it is so, it's so obvious. It's so obvious to tell people, turn that thing off, get rid of that junk. You don't want to suscept your kids to that. Right? That's why you, <laughs> come on somebody. That's why now you can say, young lady, dress like a lady. Praise the Lord. Put you a dress on. Be a lady. Praise God. Be what God made you to be. Amen. Young man, be a man. Be what God created you to be. And men are being neutered by the devil. They don't even want you to be a man anymore. You can't even hold a door open for nobody anymore. But see, that's all part of Pharaoh's activities. That's all part of the devil's activities. But I'm glad to be free. So let's look real quick. So I didn't kill the spirit here, did I? Praise the Lord. No, I didn't. <laughs> because it's for your betterment. Living for God and standing for righteousness and holiness. Makes your kids better. Praise the Lord. Amen. Makes your family better. Hallelujah. Makes your household better. Amen. Amen. Make you better. I said it makes you better. 
And it's obvious that living for God and following holiness and righteousness is better than the alternative. It's obvious in 2020. Anybody ought to be able to see it now. You know, used to, every, all the women wore dresses. Years ago, you didn't, it wasn't no big deal. They just did. You know, there wasn't even, before 1940 or 50, there wasn't even anything called the idiot box. People didn't even have it. You didn't have to worry about it. You say, oh, I can't survive without it. Well, let come on. Humanity survived without television for thousands of years, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I can't make it without it. Yes, you can, and you better decide in your mind you want to because, oh, don't get quiet on me now. Pharaoh's not supposed to have power over you. Amen. You're supposed to be free. Praise the Lord. That's... I can't give it. You know, I think we ought to be able to give up coffee if we have to. Yeah. Well, don't, don't mute me on me yet. Don't mute me on me yet. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. No, I'm not preaching. I'm not telling you how to drink coffee. But my... <laughs> let, me give, <laughs> let me give you an example. I like my coffee too. But I'll tell you what. If we get to a place, if we get to a place and we say, I've got to have my coffee, maybe we need to fast coffee for a little while. You don't want to be a slave to nothing. And so that's, why, that's why you fast every once in a while. So I like my fried chicken. I like my food. I do too. But every once in a while, you've got to say, hang on a minute, food. You're not in charge. Amen. Amen. Hang on a minute, Diet Coke. You're not in charge. Yeah. I like my Diet Coke. I get me a Diet Coke. McDonald's has got the best Diet Coke in the world. <laughs> best tasting. Okay. And when I was working, I just get me a I drink Diet Coke. And finally, and I got to a place where I thought, well, I, I can't not have my Diet Coke. <laughs> I can't not have my Diet Coke. And I got to thinking about that, Brother Lad. And I thought, wait a minute. So I quit drinking it for, I don't know, it was a couple months. You know, just to show, wait a minute. That's not going to have, that's not going to hold me. That's not, I'm not going to be bound up to that. You know what I mean? And we got to do that every once in a while. That's why we believe in fasting. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. That's why we say just push back the plate a little bit and let God say, God, you're in charge. Amen. Oh, boy, we got to hit the root here this morning. But you see, but you see, the idea is to be free. And when they came across that Red Sea, when, the, when God opened that Red Sea and they came through that Red Sea and they looked back and the army, the Pharaoh's army was drowned in the sea. That's the whole idea. When they were all baptized unto Moses through the cloud and through the sea, the Bible says. And when you get baptized in Jesus' name, Pharaoh and his minions are drowned in the water. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You come out of that water and you're singing and you're shouting and you say, thank God I'm free. I'm not bound anymore. Hallelujah. Jesus forgave me my sin. 
And you'd be shouting and dancing just like Israel did when they came across the Red Sea. Praise God. Hallelujah. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. He threw old Jack Daniels into the sea. Hallelujah. He threw old Marlboro and his rider into the sea. The old Marlboro cowboy is in the sea. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, who's your lotto? And his buddies are in the ocean now. Praise God. Amen. Sin is washed away. Praise God. And man, you would, you know, can you imagine Israel had been bound up for 400 and something years? And they came across, and they looked back and saw Pharaoh and his army destroyed. No wonder they were dancing on the other side. No wonder they were shouting. No wonder they were playing the tambourines. And that's why we come to church, and that's why we need to be shouting and playing some tambourines. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Coming to church and worshiping God because we're not bound up anymore. Amen. So the Lord... The Lord is more powerful than things holding us in bondage. And we need to celebrate our deliverance from being a slave to sin. Aren't you glad you're free this morning? Anybody glad you're free? And let me tell you, that's what we've got to offer. Not we, the church. That's what the church has to offer. Not us as people, but what God has to offer. His church has to offer. Freedom and deliverance, praise God. And joy and peace and happiness and contentment. All those things. All those things are available to people. Now they might not think they are. They might think they, you know, the world tells them, you know, it is what it is. And you just, you just have to live with it, you know. People depressed, that's just the way it is. People, the world's just the way it is. You, no, you don't have to live with it. You don't have to be depressed all the time. You don't have to be sad all the time. You don't have to be down. You don't, and I'm not saying you'll never be down. I'm not say, saying you won't have a hard time. But you've got Jesus to help you make it through. Praise God. You've got Jesus. You've got something to help you. Praise God. You've got a helper. You've got a deliverer. Praise the Lord. You've got a Savior. Praise the Lord. And, you may, and God will help you. And you can. the help of God is absolutely Real. The delivering power of God and the things of God are so real. You tell, you tell Israelites they didn't come across the Red Sea and they say, oh, yes, I did too. Oh, yes, we did too. Matter of fact, they're still talking about it. They still celebrate it with the Passover. And they still celebrate what God has done for them. I think we need to celebrate what God has done for us. Don't you? Let's clap our hands for the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Southwest Apostolic Church. If we can help you, we will. Give us a call, 317-227-0182. Send us an email, swac3161 at gmail. If we can help you, we want to. God bless. Thanks for listening.